0: when so I was like, whoa, God's here, God's real, God chose to heal me, that's amazing, God knows me. This is back when I didn't have that much intimacy with God, so I was like, man, God knows me, He chose to heal me, that's amazing.
1: This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. You are listening to part one of Colin's story, defined by the Father.
0: I had a few stories uh, from the mind. Obviously, like a pretty radical salvation story, but. I'd say when I was in sixth and seventh grade, those first couple of years, I w- I knew Jesus like I was on fire for Jesus. Like someone would say talk about Jesus, and I would start crying. And I used to read like the Jesus Freaks books by like the martyrs. And I used to love that stuff like as a kid. Then high school came, and just like the pride of life, like chasing after college football and being this man. I never like explicitly said I don't believe in you God anymore. It just it just fell way down the priority list. <laughs> like it wasn't a priority at all. It wasn't. Active and yeah, I just went to go play for the University of Iowa. I played there two years, and it was like the hardest two years of my life. My dad actually died during those two years. Uh, at the end of the end of the first year, my dad passed away, and I realized like, I was doing a lot of the football for him. Like I always loved reading books. I love school. I love math. I love these things, and my dad would rip on me like and tell his friends like, "Oh man, Colin, all he does is read books all day and." And do math and all the just school stuff and hang out with his friends, like I had to get him away from that and into football and to be a man. And so my dad would be very manipulative, like, Colin, that guy beat you, that guy that made me sick in my stomach when that guy beat you at the wrestling match. I had to walk out of there because I was so sickened, like watching you lose to that guy. And you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of like just disgust that he that it was towards himself that he tried to put on me. And I thought, like, okay, my dad my, this is my dad, I'm supposed to trust him. Just like, is this like there's something in this that that's going to be good for me? Is there something in this that I'm not seeing? Like am I gonna? I thought like sometimes I would like unlock a different character almost in life. Like I would level up like it was a game. Like once I achieve these certain things, my dad put so much emphasis on them. And looking back, it was like wow. I felt like it's like being used. Like I never had that desire. We all have our inherent desires and traits and our hearts' desires and how we're made. That's like. I wasn't walking in who God made me to be. I was walking in what my dad wanted me to be. And those are two different things. Um, it ended up like me having a lot of bitterness towards football and like towards my lifestyle. And I was just waiting for those four years, five years to be, be up for the time to run away, like to be gone. And it was just trying to last like a prison sentence. And because of that, it just gave me mentality of I don't care about like life anymore. I'm just trying to get through this football can be done. Why am I even doing this? I had so much anger and bitterness towards my coaches. A lot of abuse, for, verbally, mentally abused by coaches, and a lot of pressure on you. Sleepless nights. I will call my family crying sometimes. That's our coaches would tell me, and I was involved in a Bible study somewhat on and off this, this whole time, but I was still like smoking weed after Bible studies. I'm um, just trying to find like some joy in the midst of this like five years of like hell. I, yeah, I hated it, and um. She let me down. go to strip clubs with all my teammates, stuff like that. Smoking weed every day, Um, getting drunk, all the usual college stuff, pornography every day, all that. So, I mentioned my last uh, semester. I was finally done with football, and it was such a relief. I'm finally free. This lady that ran my Bible study reached out to me and said, "Hey, Colin, you have to come down. You told me three months ago that you'd come down to L.A. for this worship conference." Basically it was a three-day long worship, worship conference with all these other college students from all over the country called InterVarsity. That was the name of the ministry. And just got radically encountered by Jesus. And it felt like just heaven on earth for me that weekend. Like God was so real, Jesus was so real. Eventually, like before the last day, or the second to last day, um, a lady prayed for my knee. I tore my ACL three months prior. She lady prayed for my knee and my knee got healed. It was like an eight out of 10 pain. I was limping around. My one mentor, that one that brought me down there, said, you're done walking to and from the hotel in the conference, like a half mile walk. I'm going to go grab the car and drive you back and forth. now. Nah, you're limping so bad. I said, yeah, now my knee's killing me. It's like an eight out of 10 pain. This lady prays for me, this young college girl, and my knee pain goes down to zero. And I walk back and everyone's like, where's your limp? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't have a limp anymore. Like I don't have any pain anymore at all. And that's when I was like, whoa, God's here. God's real. God chose to heal me. That's amazing. God knows me. This is back when I didn't have that much intimacy with God. So I was like, man, God knows me. He chose to heal me. That's amazing. Like Jesus knows me. And uh, so the last day of the conference, I'm in my hotel room and I get on my knees and I'm like, God, this, these last three days, I've never experienced so much peace and joy because those five years are just full of depression, anxiety, and just hopelessness. And I'm like, God, I feel hope the first time in my life. I feel joy and just peace. Like I felt when I was a kid in sixth grade, like I feel that right now, like I've realized I've gotten away, like, from, like I've gone on this dark path. Like this is what I've been waiting for. And like, this is what I've been yearning for my whole life is this experience. And um, got on my knees and said, God, I don't I know what I was praying. I said, God, I want to experience you right here, right now. And At the conference, they said, wait and let the Lord speak to you. I've never heard of that before. So I was like, all right, I'll just pray that prayer and just wait. And I was waiting there. And all of a sudden my mind, I kept just hearing, go back to the conference. You'll experience me there tonight. The last worship, go back to the conference. You'll experience me there tonight. And it repeated like 10 times in my head, like a matter of a minute. And I'm like, it sounded like my own conscience. And that voice that tells you, don't do that. Don't do this, whatever. And so I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if is me or God, my own conscience, but I'm going to trust this voice. I'm going back to the conference. Of his voice is I'm gonna trust it so back to the conference it's the usual worship for an hour 30 minutes into worship I'm like all right God like I swore you told me to come here I swore like something's gonna happen like nothing's happened in my hands in my pockets my, my blue jeans and all of a sudden I hear Colin put your hands out palms up in front of you and I'm like that's weirdly specific and I said I said no so I always made fun of people that like had their hands in the air, like dancing and stuff. I always made fun of those people. So I said, I'm not going to be like that. I'll be a hypocrite. No. And that's weird. And then it got louder as command and it boomed through my head. and it said, Colin, put your hands out, palms up in front of you right now. And I'm like, man, that was a command. I think this is God. Maybe I guess it's God. And I put my hands out, palms up in front of me. And next thing I know, I closed my eyes and I just started seeing like fire and lightning coming down in this vision like in my, I, I didn't know what vision was. I just saw it in my mind and it like, was hitting my hands. And next thing I know, like I had heat, like flames. I felt like I had heat like all over my hands and like flames, in my hands, only my hands, but it was radiating and it was like, moving back and forth. Like someone was holding my hand almost. And, um, it lasted like three days almost. I went to bed that night. And it was just radiating underneath the pillow and lasted all night. And then it went away like a, a couple of days later, then I started worshiping and I came back and it could always come back whenever I started worshiping or praying or reading the Bible. And, um, actually before this, when I was in the hotel room before this event, I actually said, God, uh, I just want you. And one thing I heard before I go back to the conference, I actually heard, uh, there's stuff in the way between us. And I said, what's in the way Jesus. I had no idea. It was oblivious. And I heard chewing tobacco, marijuana, all these things, pornography, all these things I was doing. I'm like, okay, God, for you, because it's all I've ever wanted. I'm giving all of that away. And I threw away my chewing tobacco right there and went home and threw my weed away the next day. And and I yeah, I haven't watched pornography since and just been completely free. And then they wrap it all up. I went home and three days, like three days later, like on Wednesday, that conference ended on a Sunday. Three days later, Wednesday night, I was in my bed. I was lying there, I was like half asleep, half awake. And all of a sudden, I went into like a vision, kind of like a dream. Like I was like half asleep, half awake, and all of a sudden I started dreaming. I was a sixth a sixth grader on this boat, and I was standing on it, and it was started like raining, and Jesus was on the water, standing there looking at me, and he was just nodding his head. And in the, in the dream, I was so excited to see Jesus right in front of me. I was so excited, like twenty yards away, and he just, all he did he didn't say anything. He just waved his hand, <clears throat> "Come follow me," and. So I jumped off the boat, landed on the water, and started running after Jesus, like the sixth grader, just full of zeal for Jesus. Now I was running, running, and I stop at the shore, and Jesus is like 10 yards up. This mountain, this mountain started going up, and he stops too. He looks at me, we we just looking at each other, and he just nods his head and waves up again. And I said, okay. And I just started running after Jesus, and I was so excited, like jumping over these rocks and just running, running, and Jesus is like five yards in front of me. And then all of a sudden, boom, I, it switches like another scene within the stream. And all of a sudden we're like we're halfway up this mountain and it's Jesus and I. And I'm like this 40 year old man, just mangled, just hurt, just look cold and just homeless, just like really just pain and just trauma and loneliness. And I was, there's a fire between us. Jesus was on one side of the fire, I was on the other side. And that kind of represented those five years after my dad dying and all the trauma from college football. So anyways, that, that, that scene switched all of a sudden I was back I was a sixth grader right after that scene. And Jesus was, was following me, he was leading me up this mountain. All of a sudden he gets to the top and he sits down and uh, he opens up his cloak and I run in and I like hug him around the waist. And I was just holding him like, thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for freeing me. Uh, this is all I've ever wanted to be close to you. All I've ever wanted to be right here and hug you, Jesus And then Jesus says, like, this is one of my children, Colin. And I woke up from the dream right after that to make things even more wild. I got on my knees and I said, God, what was that? Like, I'm like, God, you gave me that dream. What was that? Why did you give that to me? I was just asking simple questions. And I heard all of a sudden, I just waited. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, after a minute of just waiting in silence, I couldn't get John 16 out of my head. John 16, John 16, John 16. So I grabbed my Bible and haven't read the book of John before. I was just a baby believer, three days born again. And I opened up to John 16 the first verse of John 16 says, I've given you this so you will not fall away from me. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like God was looking out for me. God doesn't even got God doesn't want me to fall away from himself. God's for me. This is not to prove myself to God. God's for me after me. God's helping me. He's, instead of like trying to, I was always trying to be someone that I wasn't. Like Jesus went to the cross for me, knowing everything I would I would do in past, present, future. He still show; he chose to go to the cross. He chose to die for me, for us. And that's like, just nothing about performance at all. You don't have to earn that. You don't have to do anything. You try to receive it. And just being able to receive, I had to learn how to receive love from people and from God and not try to earn it. Realizing that God just loves me just for me. And it's not to do anything or perform anything or be anyone I'm not. He just wants authenticity. It's kind of like confirmation that wrapped everything up. Like, yeah, this is Jesus. This is real. This is, there's is no going back. This is, this is it. This is, I'm all in for Jesus now. He's real, he's alive.
1: Be sure to tune in Friday for part two of Colin's story. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.